0: Thank you, Steve and choir. I've said many times and I mean it, I'd come here just for the music, amen? So wonderful. Well, it's my joy to fill in today for Dr. Estep and uh, I have texted him back and forth and uh, we need to pray for him, pray a lot for Linda. (laughs) But uh, he's doing well. I'm glad to see that you're here in good numbers today, and you know, it is a holiday today. Did you know that? It is National Candy Corn Day. (laughs) It really is National Candy Corn Day. I believe all the dentists got together and declared that, so uh, that's what it is. I do two major jobs here at the church, pastoral care and senior adults, and I enjoy doing both of them. I laughed today. When I first came, I really wondered if there would be enough for me to do. (laughs) I've been quite busy. In fact, the other day someone came to me and said uh, we want to know if you could do a funeral I said well I'll, I'll be glad to who died And they said well out by the children's building there was a dead bird found <laughs> and uh, we want to know if you can do a funeral for the dead bird I said what's the bird's name they said wonky and they said we've got the bulletin the program all done here it is they had my name in there for the sermon <laughs> they, they had the, the pallbearers listed Tweety Bird you know all, all these different birds and reminded me of the story about the lady who had a bird named Chippy and uh, Chippy died and so the lady called the church office and said, I, I want to know if the pastor would do a funeral for my dead bird, Chippy. And secretary said, well, I, I don't think so, but let me go check. Went through the hallway, got to the pastor and said, uh, uh, Pastor Lay's on the phone, says she's a church member and wants to know if you will preach her dead bird's funeral pastor said you go back there and tell her I don't do bird funerals so secretary went back there and got on the phone and told the lady and said "Uh, well you know I'm sorry pastor said he doesn't do bird funerals and so the lady said I want to talk to the pastor so secretary went back in there and said "Uh, pastor can you talk to her he said okay got her in there relayed the phone in there pastor got on the phone and said, dear lady, I'm sorry, I don't do bird funerals. And so the lady said, we know that's such a a shame because I was going to make a donation to the church for $10,000. Then the pastor said, oh, did you say it was a Baptist bird? (laughs) Now, if it's a Baptist bird, I'll do the funeral, all right? Oh, I tell you, it's good to know the Lord. I want you to take your Bible and find the text. And I'm going to read the text later on, but 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. We live in a world today where it seems like people are tired and they need energy. I was uh, thinking about the world of energy drinks. I was just curious about the phenomenon of all these different energy drinks. You know, there's a Red Bull. And the commercial says wings when you need them. There's one energy drink entitled Eternal Energy. So I've been asking folks, what, what's your, your energy drink? I got hooked on one, I guess one time my energy drink was a diet Mountain Dew and two Advil. (laughs) So at one time during the day I was drinking that Mountain Dew and Pam walked by and said, "Um, you've been drinking a lot of those. I said, yeah, I guess I have. And she said, "Um, I think you're addicted. I said, no, I'm not addicted. I said, I've had one of these for two weeks at five o'clock in the afternoon every single day, but I'm not addicted. (laughs) Pam said, that's what addiction is. Now church, listen to me. There are all kinds of ways that we try to boost our energy. Sometimes we feel like we are fainting away. And I'm going to Preach today about having a fainting fit. There are times when we just feel like we're going to pass out because we don't have energy. The same thing that's true physically is true spiritually, that there are times when we feel like we are going to just pass out spiritually. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great preacher in the late 1800s, wrote a book. And the book was entitled, Lectures to My Students. Chapter 11 of that book was entitled, The Minister's Fainting Fits. And Charles Spurgeon was talking about how that the minister, the man of God, has times where he feels like he's going to pass out spiritually. And so Spurgeon writes in this chapter, As it is recorded that David in the heat of battle waxed faint, so it may be written that all the servants of the Lord at times have fainting fits. Now, what Spurgeon talked about, what you and I go through sometimes where we feel like we just cannot go on, the Apostle Paul talks about in our text. So I want you to look here at your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'll read verses 16 through 18. Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The Apostle Paul found the secret there to be encouraged in the Lord. You know, the old King James Bible in 2 Corinthians 4.1 says, Do not faint away. Let us not faint. The New American Standard says, Let us not lose heart. And what Paul is talking about, he's talking about having the energy spiritually to go on. There are times in our faith and times in our life where quitting looks pretty good. In fact, look at most churches, you can look at any church directory, and you can find those who used to be plugged in. They used to be on fire. They used to champion the things of God, but they have fainted away. The Corinthian church that Paul is writing to is a mess. Boy, you look at that church, they had divisions in the church. They were abusing spiritual gifts. There was sexual immorality. There was debauchery even at the Lord's supper table. And so as Paul looked at that church, I'm I'm sure maybe Paul wanted to throw up his hands and say, God, is there anything that can be done? He probably had a fainting fit. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote these words, he's 22 years past his Damascus Road experience. He is on his third missionary journey. And Paul is saying, Therefore we do not lose heart. In chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, look at verse number 1. Therefore... Since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. When you and I look at America today, boy, we's in a mess, aren't we? We are. And if you and I look at everything on the outside today, if we look at America today, if we look at our world today, we're going to lose heart and faint away. But there is a secret. and There is an answer. I was uh, telling my Sunday school class not too long ago that when I get home late at night, sometimes I kind of walk through the bedroom and I try not to turn on too many lights and I, I reach over there by my bedside to get my pajamas. So I'll, I'll put those things on and try to do it in the dark and slip into bed. And The next morning I get up and I look in the mirror and I think, Boy, you knucklehead, you've got your shirt on inside out. God seemed to say to me, that is the secret of living the Christian life. It's living inside out. Man, I've got peace in here, but there's turmoil out here. I've I've got joy in here, but there's sadness out here. There's healing in here. There's cancer out here. Paul the Apostle said, I am not losing heart. I am not fainting away because Paul lived his life from the inside. Out. So I've got three things here in the text to share with you today. These will go quickly. Number one, there is an incredible statement that Paul makes. This verse number 16, where Paul says, Therefore we do not lose heart. That is an incredible statement. The message, Bible, says it like this, So we're not giving up. Being able to say those words in the world in which we live is incredible. Because, as I said earlier, sometimes just fading away would be so easy. i tell you, I'm, I'm not much for, for exercise. Um... You know, I, I guess when you get older, you try to do more and more in the area of exercise. I went to a hotel one time, and I went downstairs, and, and I got on the treadmill. And so I'm there walking on the treadmill in this hotel, and, and I'm, I'm walking, you know, my, my good steps. I think I had set on 2.5 or something like that. So I'm, I'm just kind of plodding along, and about that time... A young lady, appeared to be about 22 years of age, she walks down there into the exercise room and she gets on the treadmill. And she gets right next to me. And she looked over at me so smugly. So she cranked that thing up and she started running on that treadmill. Boy, she just running. So I thought, uh, man, I'm not going to let her outdo me. So I I cranked that thing up, so I started running on that treadmill and I tried to match her step by step and I was running and she was running and 30 seconds I about passed out. (laughs) I said, oh Lord, I'm going to die on the treadmill. I need a Red Bull about that time. Paul's life was anything but easy, but Paul said, I am not fainting away. I am not going to pass out. I got two passages here in 2 Corinthians. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 says, "For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction." which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Paul says there that we have affliction, even to the point of despairing of life. Paul was saying that if I could just give up my life right now, I'm, I'm ready to go on. And then the Apostle Paul, he also writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. And so I want you to flip over there in your Bible 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. Paul says here, Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane I more so, in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, apart from such eternal thing, external things, there is a daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? Now, when you look at those verses, I want to say, Paul, how in the world can you say, I do not lose heart? Wow. And I would say to you and I today that Paul had something in his life. Paul had someone in his life. That kept him going. And, child of God, so do you. So do you. Well, let me move on to my second point. Number two. Not only is there an incredible statement, but number two, there is a common struggle. A common struggle. If you look back to the text in verse 16, Paul says, but though our outer man is decaying. The Message Bible again says, even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart. Now Boy, that's a statement that you probably don't need to hear today. Sometimes the outer man just wants to fall apart on you. Last week I was out in the hallway, and I saw Marshall early in the day. Then I went back later on to the hallway, and I saw Marshall again. And then I saw him a third time. Marshall looked at me and said, uh, said, Preacher, do we need to move your office a little bit closer to the bathroom? I said, Yes, you do. You do. Things fall apart on the outside, don't they? I got tickled about a five-year-old child was watching his grandmother get ready for bed. The five-year-old child watched his grandmother reach into her mouth and pulled her teeth out (laughs) and put her teeth in a a cup there by by her bedside. And the little five-year-old boy got so excited he started applauding. And then he said, Take your nose off now, take your nose off now. It don't work that way, does it? When I turned 40, my last church had a big blowout for my birthday. And they gave me a brown paper sack with all kinds of goodies in there. Gold bond powder. Tums. rollades. I mean, they had all kinds of stuff in there. Some things I can't mention, but there was all kinds of things in there. And I'm here to tell you, in the past 18 years, I've used every single one of them. <laughs> oh, why, why does our outer body fall apart? Well, two reasons. One, because we have a fallen nature, a fallen nature, Romans 3 23 says, All of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. And then also because of fallen men, fallen men. Terrorism, crime, drunk driving, ISIS, Al Qaeda, on and on we could go, and there will be other things in the future. We live in a world that is fallen. And so the common struggle that we have, just like Paul, the outside is decaying, wasting away. Well, I got a third and last point today. There is a wonderful secret. (laughs) A wonderful secret. And that's verses 17 and 18. Verse number 17 says, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. And then verse 18, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul, Paul found a, a wonderful secret. And really, it, it's not a, a secret because it's right here in the Word of God. And you and I have the possibility, you and I have the potential to avoid the fainting fit. And your fainting fit may not be mine, I I looked at something else on the internet this week. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Have you seen the fainting goats on the internet? They're hilarious. I mean, search on there sometime, fainting goats. Believe it or not, there are people walking up behind these poor little goats and scaring them and watching them faint. They just kind of rolled. One of them looked like me, just rolled over with its feet kicking. No, all all kinds of things make us faint away. But Paul's wonderful secret involves three things. One thing I see is that we are given fresh strength for every day. I see this in verse 16. It says yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. You see, God doesn't give us strength for where we're not yet at. God gives us strength for today, and then tomorrow he'll have strength for that day. As I was thinking about the children of Israel crossing the wilderness. God gave them this wonderful manna, and, and they didn't like the manna, so God gave them quail, and, and they had this wonderful feast, and, and they, they got worried about tomorrow, so they started hoarding. They started storing up manna for the next day, just thinking God wouldn't come through. Church, I want you to know that God gives what we need in the day a lady told me one time she said preacher i know that i'm close to death and i'm i'm scared of dying i said well you're not going to die today she said how do you know i'm not going to die today i said because you're scared and god's going to give you dying grace when the time comes you see god gives us what we need he gives us fresh power he gives us fresh strength every single day. Well, uh, a second thing, we need to remember nothing we face in this life will last forever. Oh, let, let me repeat that one. Nothing we face in this life will last forever. You see this in verse 17? For momentary, Light affliction. It's just momentary. I know you may think it's going to last forever, but it's not. Momentary light affliction. In fact, in verse number 17, Paul says that uh, this light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight Of glory far beyond all comparison. Boy, I've I've said a lot of words, but if you can get this next point, listen to this. Paul is saying that everything I faced, the shipwrecks, the beatings, the torment, the persecution, it's light. Weighed in comparison to glory. Paul is saying glory weighs more than anything you're going to face in life. Cancer weighs less. Bankruptcy weighs less. A car wreck weighs less. A fire in your home, it weighs less. Compared to glory, woo! Boy, they'll get you shouting, man. They'll make a Baptist dance, man. It it weighs more, man. Glory in eternity, it weighs more. Well, a third thing here that we need to remember. Everything we face in life has meaning. This verse 17 says, Light affliction is producing for us. It's got meaning. Producing for us. It's Christ like character. Jesus could not have a crown without a cross. And neither can you. Sometimes crosses come, but the crown is awaiting. Psalm chapter 30, verse 5 says, For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy in the morning. You and I can have exactly what Paul had. Let me conclude by saying there's a statement I faint not. There is a struggle, things are decaying. The secret glory outweighs the temporary. Got a wonderful verse here in Psalm. Chapter 61, verse 2. Psalm 61, verse 2. From the end of the earth I call to you. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The old gospel invitation hymn years ago had these words. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. I want you to bow together with me. We're going to have a time of invitation. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? Choir's going to sing and we're going to invite you to come. There are some here today, and you would say, Brother Richard, I'm, I'm at that point of having a fainting fit. I'm at that point of losing heart. And I need revival, renewal. I need courage in my faith. I want to ask you today to come, maybe here to the altar. Come to one of these pastors up front and have them pray for you today. Some of you need today to move your membership. You need to be a part of the body of Christ. God has spoken to you and said, come and join First Baptist Church. Our doors are open. We'd love to have you. If you're here today and you've never invited Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior, He died for you and He wants you to live for Him. Would you come and do that? Father, bless this invitation time. Father, I pray that the Spirit of God would move today. Lord, someone today needs fresh power. They need courage. God, they've lost heart. May they come today and be renewed. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?